0: God bless. It's good to see you guys here this morning. Uh, This morning we are going to conclude our Surprise the World series, and then next week we're going to move into uh, the Beatitudes and look at some of the things that Jesus said, even as one of the habits we're trying to develop is learning Christ and what that means. And so... Uh, hopefully, you'll be a part of that, and that'll help in that endeavor. But remember, what we've been doing is really following an acronym. The acronym is BELLS. B stands for BLESS. We are supposed to be blessing three people each week, one of whom does not come to our church. How did you guys do this week? Anyone did good? Mary, got, I got a thumbs up for Mary. Any great things happen or exciting things or something you would want to share? Remember, I don't think this is like bragging. I think it's just sharing how an opportunity maybe arose that you were able to uh, engage in. Anything anyone wants to share? Yes, Justin. Oh, that's right, a baby shower. (laughs) That's very nice. (laughs) And then the second one, the E, is eat with three people this week, one of whom does not come to church. Anyone have any great meals this week? Yeah, okay, there you go. A little, you don't want to be the first one, I understand. So anything happen over those meals? Any conversations? Ben? That's neat. Things happen over food. Food's a, a great... Uh, equalizer right it kind of brings us to the table and as we're partaking of things that provide for us we're able to share a lot of things i know on monday one of my lessons i went to um they made me lunch and i said sure i'll take that and it was salmon and italian sausage with vegetables so yeah um and as we were sitting and eating uh I was talking with the people, and the uh, woman's boyfriend was there, and I was talking with him, and he had mentioned going to AA, and I had mentioned uh, just my fondness of the AA program, and it was a great conversation that I had with him uh, about the need for others in our lives, the need to recognize our weaknesses. And it was a really wonderful conversation over good food. And I didn't have to buy it or cook it. It was a a great time. But those opportunities happen. And it's important to be able to step into it. You know, There was a time when I would have just said, oh, do you want something to eat? No, no, it's okay. I don't want to put you out. But now, well, it was salmon and Italian sausage, so I'm not going to say no to that. I was like, yeah, um... But just having the willingness to step into those things. I wasn't even thinking, this is true. I wasn't thinking, oh, good, this will take care of one of my, you know, habits. It just kind of happened, and then it happened. And then it was something that I was able to actually write down. Uh, L stands for listen. Spend at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. Anyone have a, an experience in this that was something maybe that Lord ministered to them that they'd like to share? Kelly? Hmm. Sounds like some good lessons there. That's powerful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. The other L is learn. Spend at least one period of the week learning Christ. Any learning moments for anyone? Anyone reading a book, listening to a podcast? Uh, yes. Huh? Reading the Bible? Yeah, that'll do. Uh, <laughs> And that's great to be reading Job. Now, remember in our habits, we want to be, though, even a little more specific in our learning about learning Christ. So taking something from the gospel, something about Jesus, because um, that helps us understand Job, right? It helps us understand other things. And so I do want us to be intentional with these habits, right? Reading the Bible, even as we said when we went through that, there's, we want to encourage that. We don't want to stop that. But we want to add to that at least one time where we're specific and intentional about learning Christ because that is who we're following and that's going to enlighten us into everything that we read. Okay, So mark those things. And it can be a number of ways. Again, of course, Scripture or a commentary or a book about or a study on. So many ways. Okay, Even a devotion. You have a devotion about Christ that just sparks something, an insight into who Jesus is that helps you then understand God a little bit more clearly. So remember, these are things that we're trying to develop in habits of our life, and so we have to be intentional about it. If if we are not, or if I'm not, I should say this, if I'm not intentionally trying to do some of these things, they will just go to the wayside with me. They really will. Habits take a while to develop. We talked about that last week. Some habits are easy, right? You can develop some habits easily because they don't require much. Other habits, it takes a while before they actually take root into our lives. And so doing this on a weekly basis, we're trying to exercise these new muscles, so to speak, so that they become a part of our lives, the last letter "S sent journal throughout the week all the ways you alerted others to the universal reign of God through Christ. Did any of you guys start journaling this week, maybe for the first time I'm proud of you, Ben dave you not for the first time, dave. I know you 've been writing, but great that you 've been journaling it 's a great way of again reminding us, right. I was able to just write a little note about that lunch that I had. And the way that I felt that it was alerting others about the universal reign of God was just that reminder of, you know, we are not strong in and of ourselves that we need that strength of others to help us. And that was simple. It wasn't, you know, um, they know that I am a pastor, they know, you know, It's kind of funny because his girlfriend will say, hey, you know, Kevin, let's go to church. And he'll say, you know, he'll like, and he goes, why do you say that in front of the pastor? You know, and he did it on purpose. Um, And, you know, I just kind of laughed at it. But then to have a serious conversation with him about the need for something more. In our lives and the higher power, what they say in AA, it brought it to a sober conversation, you know, so here was something. Oh, yeah, he's the pastor, blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden, it's like, no, we're talking life here. And he opened up and was honest about his weakness and the need for that in his life. And so it was a great conversation and something that we want to, again, write down so that we don't forget. You know, it helps. It helps me, I'm finding, when I hear something that I say, oh, I want to share about that, I I need to write it down. Because if I don't, I don't know where it goes. It's like in that, you know, you ever send an email and no one got it, and you wonder, where did it go? You know, it went, you know, I heard the noise, It, it left. Where did it go? It didn't go to their email, and it's just out in cyberspace somewhere. That's what happens in my mind, right? I go, oh, that's great. I got to talk about that, and I don't write it down. It's in cyberspace somewhere. So we want to continue doing this, and one of the ways that we're going to continue doing this, even as I mentioned, is set up some love feasts, and we'll tell you again more about those times to on Sunday, early evening, we're going to meet at the building. We're going to have a time together to remind each other and to... Uh, share communion together, and all these things. Um, Anybody binge watch TV? Okay, some of you honest folks. Some of you don't want to. Now, I don't know if I want to ask what you're binge watching, right? You know, because if I shared it, my wife would get embarrassed. You know, don't tell them you're watching that. It's not like real bad. It's just silly stuff. Um, But do you ever... When you're in the middle of watching something like that, you, you can't wait to find out what's going to happen next, right? They always leave you on cliffhangers, right? It's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? How is, you know, this going to resolve? Oh, no, who? How did, I didn't know that that was her son or whatever it was. You know, all of a sudden, some just epiphany opens up and it's like I can't wait to find out more and so you click next even though it's one in the morning because it's like yeah I can get two's not bad I can get up at two right I I can still get up and and so because you want something you push into it a little bit longer and, and it's important for us to recognize what are the things that are important to us Is it watching that next program or or is it developing characteristics in our life that are going to help us take what we say is important to us, right? This faith, this belief in Christ and the life following after Jesus, are we going to take that further or is it going to be something that happens on a Sunday or something that happens when we go to church? How do we develop it into that habit that we want to take place? Is it important enough to make changes that allow it to become a priority? See, it's easy to sit down and press next on the remote control. Anyone remember the days when there weren't TV remotes and you'd have to get up and turn the channel? Right? And you had to sit through all the commercials, right? They used to be rough out there, people. Um, See, that's easy to just click next. It's not as easy to be still for 20 minutes and listen, to see what God would speak to our hearts. But I think it's important. It's not easy to intentionally learn Christ and spend time reading or listening and investing that time. But it's important And the truth is, we do what's important to us, right? We show what's important to us because it's the things that we do. And so watching that third episode of whatever it is, is important to me, enough for me to lose another hour's sleep to watch it. But it's not important to me to take the 20 minutes and and listen or to take the time to bless somebody, how do I know it's not important? Because I don't do it. And so we have to develop these things to help us do it. And and so we want to find ways to maybe motivate ourselves, right? As Ben shared, I had my birthday yesterday, and for some reason, when I woke up, I felt sore right it was like what is this you know why am i feeling this way is it psychosomatic am i really sore or is my mind just saying yep you're getting older you know what's going on here and so it's got to motivate me well i don't want to get more sore as time goes on so maybe i need to make some changes right maybe i need to walk a little bit maybe i need to eat less pasta um Well, maybe I'll just add the walking so I can keep eating the pasta, right? You know, you got to figure out what things are important to you, but there has to be changes made, and I have to be motivated enough to make those changes. And so in the book, there is a little help that he calls DNA to help us allow these things to become a regular part of our lives. The first one is discipleship, right? To Involve ourselves with some kind of discipleship and the word disciple means a learner and the idea of discipleship can be pretty intense, but in its basic form, it's a learning interaction between someone. And so if we are going to develop habits then there has to be the willingness to learn and there has to be somebody involved that we are learning with and from it's a relational accountability that takes place it is living and sharing gaining wisdom from someone else remember jesus sat ate talked continually with his disciples and the idea of a disciple at that time was you would follow your rabbi so that you could learn all those things from him not just about god but about how to live The interaction with other people, one of the things I love whenever I go to some kind of uh, conference or where I'm going to be able to hear from someone who I respect, it's great hearing from them, but what I like more is the interaction that takes place with them and other people or with them and me. When I get to ask questions, why did you start doing that? And then I hear the motivation behind what they did to cause these things that shape their lives. Those are learning experiences for me. That's what shapes me. It's like me sitting down and watching how they act when they are eating and they're talking to the waiter. Right? I can learn more about a person by how they treat the waiter than by how they talk to me. Right? You hear someone treating their waiter as if, They're just some low servant, and you find out a lot about that person. And sometimes you go to places and you start seeing, wow, this person really treats people in a demeaning way. You find out who they really are. You see, when you go and you sit with someone and you see how they act in life, you actually learn from them. And discipleship is this interaction. How do you get wisdom from someone? How do you understand what's happening? How can someone help you in these areas of life, help you to bless people? Sitting with people who bless people all the time will teach you how to bless people, right? Some people are so outgoing. I'm not. I'm more introverted. I know it's people think, you're not introverted. I really am. I know I'm standing here talking to all of you, but I'm really more introverted. And then when I see someone like Ben, Ben is not introverted, by the way, (laughs) right? Ben's an extrovert. (laughs) And so I can learn a lot from Ben and how to break open conversations just by sitting with him, paying attention, seeing how he interacts and talks to people. And now I'm learning. I'm a disciple, right? And so if we're going to develop these habits, we need to be discipled by people, have that learning interaction so that we can grow in those areas. The N stands for nurture. We all need to be encouraged when we're having rough and difficult times in our lives. I remember when my nephew was young and he was just learning how to ride a two-wheel bicycle. He was riding, and I don't know why I was teaching him, but anyway... I was, you know, running behind him like you do with the bike, and then I let him go, and he's off running, and he's wobbling, and he wasn't going very fast, but all of a sudden he fell over, right? And I went running to him afterwards. He fell over, and I went running to him, and I remember he looked up, and he said, it's a good thing you ran, (laughs) right? (laughs) And it's like, he had already fallen. I couldn't change anything, but it was a good thing you ran to get me. It comforted him to know that I ran to him and didn't just like, hey, how's it going over there, right? The nurture was, I'm here, I'm here to help. And sometimes we need people to run to us, right? We need people in our lives to help us, to give us support, to give us strength. To help us continue writing, to continue living, continue developing habits, And so we need discipleship, we need to learn from people, we need nurture, we need to be encouraged by people. And the A of the DNA is accountability. Now, this is a word that I have a hard time with because of how my mind thinks. When I think of accountability, for some reason I go to this kind of policing, right? But that's not really what accountability is. It's not so much policing as it is entrusting. And when I think of a word that might better suit accountability, I think of the word vulnerability and truthful. It's important that we are able to be vulnerable and truthful with some people in our lives. So that we can tell them the struggle we're having or tell them, hey, you know what, I did not... Bless anybody this week I had a terrible week And it was really rough And to be able to talk to someone with that So that they can help you Back on the track To get you moving In the right direction Because otherwise you'll just give up Right It was to forget this whole thing Forget this bells thing I'm not going to move forward in this I, I need to Stop this and so having the ability to talk with people, open up, the willingness to be honest with people is an important thing. To make these five commitments, blessing, eating, listening, learning, and being sent, these habits, to make them habits, we need to stick with them for an extended period of time, right? The discipleship, nurturing, and accountability that's part of this DNA It's essential to help you stay at it. And so we have to find people in our lives. But remember, we're not asking something tremendously difficult. Blessing people, eating with people, it's not like, oh, man, what a burden. Salmon was great, right? I could do that. Blessing people, it's not asking a lot necessarily. It might Sometimes baby showers a lot. But sometimes it's just acknowledging, saying hello, telling someone they're doing a great job, those kinds of things. Listening and learning about Jesus and being spiritually enriched and writing it down, it's not like we're asking a lot. But we're asking a little that can mean a lot. So the question is how important Is it? And so I want to just take a couple minutes and I want to ask a question. And I want you guys to just turn your chairs and face one another. And I want to ask you guys that you answer with each other, how are you doing? Turn around, face a few people, maybe three or four of you guys in a little group. And I'm asking you this question that you're going to ask each other, how are you doing? Now, don't start, well, when I was three years old, my mom treated me like this, right? This is current. How are you doing? Just give a little bit. You don't all have to share. If someone doesn't want to share, that's fine. But how are you doing? Okay. I'll just go home. You guys go ahead and carry on. Now remember what we're we're trying to encourage here is an openness to talk to people about what's happening. If we're going to develop habits with this bells, it's going to involve other people, not only the people you bless or the people you eat with, but talking to people about whether you're doing these things or whether you're hearing these things. Or letting people know what's happening. One of the things that's been happening since we've been doing this is I've had a lot of people who have said they really liked getting together and talking. That they've gotten to learn a lot about other people and learn some of the people who are here coming to Genesis that they've never really interacted with. Well, that needs to continue And if you want to develop habits involving people with that conversation can help, okay? So, turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through, well, we're going to jump through 1 through 15, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. It's important here to understand what Jesus is doing is giving his disciples power to bring healing to their world. That is what their call is, right? The idea of bells is not just about Blessing, eating, learning, listening, and journaling. It's about bringing healing to our world. When you bless, when you have important conversations, you're doing that. You're bringing healing to the world. And so that's what Jesus is doing. He's giving them and he's giving us the power, the authority to bring healing to our world. Going down to verse seven because he lists the names of the disciples there he tells them to stay into israel the people the lost sheep of israel and in verse seven he says as you go proclaim this message this is what he wants them to say the kingdom of heaven has come near heal the sick raise the dead cleanse those who have leprosy drive out demons freely you have received free, freely give in other words make this world look like the one that god is making Go out and do what seems impossible by bringing the kingdom of heaven and making it a reality into these people. Tell them the kingdom of God is not far away, it's not someday, it's not out in the future some way, it's near. It's like your next door neighbor. The kingdom of God is that close, right? Right? Verse nine, he says, do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey, no extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. You can't take all these things with you. Now, these aren't big things. Why can't you bring a belt? Right. Why can't you bring a pair of shoes or a bag? Why does Jesus tell them these things? He says, whatever town or village you enter in, search there for some worthy person and stay there at their house until you leave. When he says a worthy person, he means a person who's willing. A willing person. As you enter the home, give it your greetings. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. If someone is unwilling, then they are writing their future and you can leave and move on to the next place. But here's the question. Why would Jesus ask his disciples to be dependent on the others? Don't take a belt. Don't take the shoes. Don't take a bag. Don't take extra money. Wherever you go, you are now going and are depending on the people who you are talking to. Why would Jesus ask them to put themselves in a place of dependency. You see, something happens when we are in a place dependent on others. It happens to us and something happens to them. When you give other people an authority over you or some form of control over you, you are actually looking like what Jesus acted. You are becoming subservient. And it's hard for a person who is in need of food, who's in need of these other things that they don't have to come across high and mighty when they are coming across in need. And it also gives you the opportunity to engage with that person on a deeper level. Because now they are more open to you because you are more in need of them. It's so different than the way we act. And you see this whole DNA that we're adding to the bells, this discipleship, this nurturing, this accountability, is doing just this. It's, it's putting ourselves in the care uh, someone else, so that we can actually learn and we can actually receive and actually develop a closer relationship. Years ago, when we were doing the room addition to our house, it was in summer so that. We wouldn't have any problem because we took the roof off the house. We were getting a new roof and added a room, all these things. Well, when the roof was completely off, there was, you know, you could look up and see the sky. It was kind of cool for a while, right? (laughs) There was a freak thunderstorm. Now, we found out about it before it happened, so I was able to run to Home Depot and get tons of plastic, right? But it was like, crush time. We got to get this plastic up or there's going to be a whole lot more work to do. And so I'm there and I've got my stapler and I'm, I'm stapling all this plastic. And then my neighbor comes, one person I have hardly ever talked to. And he says, hey, you need some help? I said, yeah, I do. And he goes, I got a staple gun. I'll go get it. And he got the staple gun. And then we had a little conversation and just allowing him to save my house Developed a friendship where years of living next to this person, no conversations take place, but he comes and he offers help and I accept it and I talk more to him in a short period of time than I had for years previously. You see, when you ask someone or tell someone how you're doing and that how you're doing includes, you know, I'm struggling or, you know, I'm having a hard time. And you might hear, oh, I'm doing well here and I'm doing well, and you're able to learn and interact. That interaction is so important. You need people in your life. If you're going to develop these habits, you need accountability. Again, that's not someone policing over you. Someone you have to talk to or else. It's someone you can entrust, someone you become dependent on, someone you allow a place in your life of, in a sense, authority so that you can actually become more. Jesus sending his disciples out to tell them about the kingdom of God, he sends them with nothing so that they will go dependent because that's the way he's working. Something is happening in them and in the people around them when they take this position of dependency on others. And it's something that we need to learn as well. Why would Jesus ask his disciples to be dependent on others? Because it's going to help them grow and it's going to bring them close to the people they're around. If we are going to develop habits, you need to bring people into your lives that you can interact with, talk with. That you can open up to. That you will entrust. Oh, that's such a hard word especially some of us who have grown up in churches that have hurt us. Entrusting people is a difficult thing. What will I do if I give someone this kind of information? If I I open up to someone and allow myself to be vulnerable, That's what Jesus did to his disciples as he sent them out to change the world. If we are going to change the world, this is how it begins. With opening up, becoming dependent on others so that the work of God can take place in and through us. Now, one of the things that we want to do as we are trying to bring about this kingdom Here on earth, trying to bring out healing into the world As we want to demonstrate it in the things that we do Not just things that we say As you guys know, uh, just a couple of weeks ago Denise and Michael were in Haiti And so I'm going to have Denise and Michael come up And they're going to share a little bit about the trip And talk to us about some of the things that took place in Haiti And uh, things that are taking place And how it takes place in the future Come on up you guys Pick a chair, any chair. Okay. Here's the microphone for you. A microphone for you. So if you guys do not know, Denise is the founder of a nonprofit that's called For a Reason. It's FAR is the name of it. Um, She is the one who has made the gateway for us to go into Haiti with this organization. Denise, maybe you can just share briefly what the goal of for a reason is
1: Um, well the short story (laughs) the short answer to that of for a reason is that we seek to um, partner or accompany students on their educational journeys in rural Haiti Um, the longer version of that is that we enter into meaningful relationships with the children, their families their school communities and then their greater community and um, that's what we do So it starts with financing somebody's education who otherwise would not be able to go to school, and then it develops into those relationships.
0: Okay, and that's why we built the latrine for St. Andre's School in Haiti, built the cafeteria for that school that's there, and then started the Goat and Garden Project just two years ago, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. How is the Goat and Garden Project going?
1: It's doing really well. We have 180 families at St. Mark, uh, um, St. Andre's, sorry. And right now there are 40 families that are basically self-sufficient um, because of the goats that they have received from us, Genesis Community. And now they've raised them, donated their first offspring back and now they can raise goats each year to pay their own tuition. And so that's kind of um, a big success for us to move toward uh, greater self-sufficiency.
0: Okay. And what was the purpose of this last trip? Why were you guys out there?
1: Um, for, for a reason. The main reason was to visit with our students. Every time I go, I make sure I'm um, just continuing those relationships, that it's not just about here's the check for mm-hmm. school this year, it's let's talk, let's – it's kind of the bells thing, actually. Um, it, it's, it's an exchange. I learn as much from the families as I hope they learn from me. We, they learn a little bit more about Americans, about Christians in America, and um, hopefully Jesus. <laughs> I like to think so. And then the other reason we went is we have partnered with the University of Redlands, For teacher education. Um, Most of the teachers at the schools our students attend uh, have maybe a year or two more education than their students. So if you're teaching fourth grade, it's because you finished sixth grade. And so the university has developed a curriculum that allows the teachers to grow in their understanding of child development and some of the basics that we kind of take for granted here.
0: Okay, and so people like Michael and others went there to help the teachers mm-hmm. in their learning and education. Michael, how was your first trip to Haiti? What are some things that impressed you this trip? Um, it was it was wonderful
2: and surprising in uh, ways that I couldn't have possibly imagined before I left. And there were... You know, times where I don't know I was thinking about this uh, this morning because I, I imagine that this was probably one of the questions that you would ask <laughs> me right. And I was thinking you know there were there were things that should have been very difficult and jarring, right because um, and I'm sure you went through all these things when you first got there, and've talked and I've talked to you about some of these things, um, but uh, you know just making your way through the airport you know, is chaotic and difficult and getting on the roads is it's anarchy, you know, and it's just people driving against traffic and, you and know, it's so much and like <laughs> up on sidewalks and, but it's not fun. You're wrong. <laughs> and, well, you know, Sam loves Then it <laughs> a lot of the roads aren't paved, you know, so it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, mm-hmm. and all I kept thinking about it, when we got on those roads the, the first day, um, was how wonderful it was and you know this strange sense of of peace and happiness and joy and we went from the airport to meet one of the first families that far uh, partners with and uh, to see you know what's happening in her life and the life of her family and then you know you take that out into everything that's happening throughout the country you know through uh, this this organization others like it, but it was, it was incredible. It was, it's was, amazing to see, you know, what God can do in and through lives when we just make ourselves available, you know, to be part of what can happen there and partner mm-hmm. with people. So
0: it, it was astounding. Yeah. So in this trip, what were Denise, what was one of the highlights for you in this last trip?
1: Um, There's a little girl that we started partnering with a couple of years ago. And she lost her parents, both parents, the first year we partnered with her. And then this last year, she's living with a family that um, she's not related to them at all. It's a family of six. And I think actually getting to see, they lost their home in a fire two months, three months ago. So they have moved into an abandoned building, and we made the journey to get there, which was no small venture to get uh, to where they are living. And to be able to uh, just dialogue with them, I think. I mean, that sounds really impersonal, but to talk with the family and to look at what the needs are and then to listen, making ourselves vulnerable, listening to the people um, that we work with in Haiti to find out what is best for that family, because what I think is best is rarely what is best. Um, I want to fix the house right now. It's not the best thing for the family, but to to sit down and talk with the family and come up with some, solution, some solutions together and just feel like we were part of a greater community. I think that was the most meaningful part of this particular trip it's it's always for me about the relationships and our money opens the doors for those relationships but in the end it's talking it's Mm -hmm. sharing
0: i know the first time i went Mm -hmm. you i was you know gonna throw some money and fix this right what do you need from us you know and he says i need you to come like no but really what do you need he goes no i need you to come and I went, and it was just that. It developed the relationships that was able to allow the input to see what really is necessary. Because it changes. Mm-hmm. Right? Things are so, uh, I don't know, there's just so much unorganization and so much chaos that what seems good today might change in a week's time. And so you have to be in an interaction so that you can trust someone and move into that.
1: I- I have to interrupt because I do. But um, when you were talking about the relationships and how important they are, when everybody else in the country, and I do mean just about every other foreigner in the country, was struggling to get out of the country, because of the relationships over the last eight years, we were never threatened. We were never, our lives were never at risk. They could have been. But, because of the relationships, we were able to just traverse some really difficult situations um, safely because we put our lives in the hands of those people that we've um, established relationships with, so it was yeah. a very practical <laughs> a application <learning>
0: <laughs> Michael, what was your one of the highlights for you? Um,
2: this is we had dinner the other night. and Denise and I kind of both agreed on one of the most impactful moments for us, and then she said that she would let me talk about it because it sounds kind of dumb. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let me talk about that one, I guess. Um, but it, you were able to to bring uh, Whirly gigs right, uh, to Haiti. There are like 500 of them, 500 whirly gigs. And a whirly gig, if you don't know, it's a stick, and it has a propeller, you attach the two, and then you spin it, and it just launches straight up in the air. And they're they're wonderful, right? They're great. They're super fun, you know. I'm probably far too old to be so entertained by them, but I am, right? And um, it, something that you said when you went out there and you know, just said, you just got to come, that was kind of, you know what I heard when I had talked to, uh, Denise and Sam. And, and I don't like that. I my brain doesn't work that way. just, you know, you just come and you'll find out where you fit, you know, um, we were going to be doing the teacher training and I'm a teacher. So I thought I could probably help out with that, but we were also going with professors who are just like, you know, brilliant. And I was thinking, well, um, I'm sure I can contribute in some way, but, uh, there's, there's gotta be something else. And then during the teacher training, um, when I probably should have been uh, setting up or more involved with what was happening, you know, with those Haitian teachers, there were a group of kids outside and we started handing out whirly gigs and um, yeah, I started attaching them and spinning them with them and you'd see their faces light up and they're just thrilled to have this bizarre toy. And um, there was, I don't know, There was just one of those moments where, you know, you have those moments where all of a sudden everything slows down and you just feel like God is saying, that's it, you know, and you just know why you are where you are and why you're doing what you're doing. It's weird that it's whirly gigs that brought that to the surface, but there was this moment where I saw these kids spinning these things. If you spin them the wrong way, they just fly back at you and hit you. If you spin them, you know, with your right hand shooting out, then it launches up in the air. And if you tilt your hands, then it flies forward. And, and there was this kind of innate ability to explore the science of these things with these kids. And, it got me thinking what could happen if we expanded on that, the possibilities of exploring, you know, science and, you know, technology and engineering and mathematics, this, like, STEM, you know, thing that we take for granted in America with these children that, you know, aren't exposed to it. They've they've grown up knowing, you know, about farming, and they know about, you know, selling in the market, and... and They know hard manual labor every day, and we're a product of our upbringing in so many ways. And they're raised in a poverty trap. So many of them, and it's easy to see that perpetuated. You know, something like uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics—this whole like STEM catalog—could just be a monumental way to break this poverty trap for these children to expose them to, you know, their own um, agency to take control of their lives, you know, vocationally and act and actualize their, their potential. It was, it was a wonderful moment where, you know, just playing with these kids, God was like, that's it. That's, that's what I want you to be a part of here. And so, um, that was probably the moment for me.
0: Hmm. I know when we, had dinner Thursday. We're talking about maybe doing something like that in the future for the next trip, having something like that where we can introduce solar technology, uh, wind technology, things that they could actually put into practice right away where they're at. Um, and so that I know, I know you got excited when you started talking to me about that. So I know that was an exciting thing for you. And so great. I, now. I know that the news, there is a rioting in Haiti, and there is all this, you know, stuff. And, of course, the news shows the same picture over and over again, and they make it seem like it's everywhere. Um, How bad was it? Uh, You already shared you didn't feel threatened at all. Um, I know the roads and the roadblocks made things inconvenient, but what was your overall impression with how bad things were uh, with people who might be here thinking, oh, I don't know, should we go to Haiti in the future if things like that could happen. What is your feeling on something like that? Are you going back to Haiti even though all this happened? Of course. (laughs) Of course.
2: Well, go ahead. I I would definitely love to go back next summer. Hope to, you know, raise the finances and get everything together so that we can do a project like that STEM camp there for uh, the, the students and the teachers. But, um, I was talking to Denise about this when we were out there, and, and that that's worrisome, of course. You know, mm-hmm. people are uh, rioting, and there was some looting, and they were setting up barricades and all this. Denise has been there, you said, 23 times, right? Was this your 24th trip? This
1: is my 23rd.
2: Okay, this mm-hmm. was your 23rd trip. And you'd never experienced anything like this mm-hmm. before, not even close to it. So this was, you know, the... This abnormal experience, and it was only two days. I never felt threatened either. Um, there were plenty of barricades that we had to make our way across, and people had set up, you know, rocks in the street or trees or you know, cars, things like that. Um, but it wasn't, I never, I, I guess Denise has the right words for it. I never felt threatened by any of it. They wanted to keep cars off the road. So that's what they did Mm -hmm. because of course it was a gas tax that started it. And so if you're on the road, then you need gas and then buying that gas would support this gas tax. So, I mean, it made some degree of sense to set up those barricades. And, you know, most of the people were uh, somewhat pleasant at the, at the barricades. We had a Haitian driver's name's Ernst. He's one of the best people in Haiti, certainly, but you maybe the may world He was here before, yeah. yeah. Just a sensational human being. He would jump out of the car when we came to the barricades if they were manned, and you know, shake hands with people. Then all of a sudden, they're talking about soccer and cousins and you know, their best <laughs> friends getting each other's you know, phone numbers and everything else. I don't know what they were doing. It was very strange, but he's just that kind of person, you know. So it wasn't. It wasn't threatening for us, I'd say, and definitely plan on going back. It's not something that needs to worry anyone.
1: You just have to be smart. Every yeah. time we've gone, there's um, the the U.S. Embassy issues State Department warnings, and I don't think I've ever gone that the State Department has said, yeah, come on, it's great. It's it's never that. You just have to be smart. I mean, we wouldn't drive down the middle of a demonstration in our own neighborhoods. So why would you do the same thing in another country? I mean you just have to be smart. That's all. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. And have some cash. <laughs> cash
0: and again helps. those those relationships again were so important, mm-hmm. right? When you're going, even as you said, and, and it kind of has been the model, we're not gonna go there and try and fix things. We're gonna go there to help them try and fix things. Exactly. Because They know their country. They know the needs. They know what's really important instead of us taking our models and just making them fit into that. Um, And that's important because we're trying to develop things for long term. I know one of the things that we've talked about is uh, self-sufficiency right, where you don't want to create a dependency. We don't want to go there and make these people dependent on us for the rest of their lives. We want to go and help them up so that they are not dependent. And I know that with the Goat and Garden Project, there's been some changes that looks like it's going to be taking place in the future so that there can be more dependency. And as we've shared before, um, we need to change with what circumstances are there. Um, If We don't trust someone with the money, then we're not going to give them the money. And so if the person we trusted is no longer there, it might change how we move forward just because we want to be wise with the money and with the circumstances. Um, With the Goat and Garden Project, what are some of the changes taking place and how do you see the best way to move forward?
1: I think that the garden project, as lovely as it is, and it's beautiful, and it's it's a really good thing, but it costs a lot of money, and the return on that investment is not necessarily um, worth the investment right now, whereas the goats, for basically for every two goats we purchase, a family becomes independent of our assistance, and so... I'd like to see us expand the GOAT portion of that, and then we're looking at a way to do that um, in uh, working with an organization that does not require us to work with a couple of people that maybe we're not so sure about right now. So we've worked nicely with another person. He's not there anymore. Um, And so we're just looking how to do that wisely and to keep it moving forward. Because our goal is to be able to step away from St. Andre's altogether and let them, you know, go off on their own. And we're, I'd say we're about a third of the way there.
0: Okay. And then we could try and take what we've learned, model it somewhere else. Exactly. hopefully those things
1: I get lots of emails from other schools now asking, Hmm. could we come and do that at their school? Well, we can't. We're not big enough yet, but um, it's a really good model. Because mm. it it's a commodity they understand, number one. It's yeah. the goats buying and selling. And number two, it just maintains the dignity of the families. It's no longer a dad having to come to me, a white female, saying, would you pay my daughter's tuition? It's him now providing his daughter's tuition, Yes, mm. it should be. So, so
0: Very powerful, right? Very powerful. <laughs> I know that one of the things that was mentioned was chickens. You know, because they can lay eggs, but the cost of building the coop, caring for the chickens, having someone there to care for the chickens, all those things are being measured, and it seems like the goat's the better way to go. And so we will be... Talking to you more about the goats later on. Just this is a heads up for you guys. You know, every year we do our advent conspiracy, and that'll definitely probably be part of what we want to do to further this goats. I mean, great buying a goat. Was it $50 a goat or $100 buys a goat? It's $100. $100 buys a goat. Um, Buy a goat for a family, right? And so these are some things that we can keep in mind, see what we can do and develop so that we can help this. They're a third of the way there, you know. And again, a small community like us has done a lot. You guys have been so generous. I can't thank you enough. And I just want you to know what's happening with your care, concern, and support. These things have taken place because of you guys. And this is kind of where we're going as well in the future to further the GOAT project and then to develop maybe the STEM camp for the kids so that they can learn or the teachers so that they can start developing some of these things in their homes where they could actually... I mean, imagine going home, and when it gets dark, that's it, right? There's no lights. There's no electricity at the home. And what do you do if you want to read? You can't. There's no Wi-Fi at the home, right? I mean, all the things that we just assume or take for granted, they don't have there. What if we could provide a way of maybe providing some solar energy where they could actually provide light, even if it's through a small lantern or something through the night? I'll never forget one of the trips to Haiti where I went and I was walking from one uh, house to the next where something was taking place, and it was probably nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night, and it was dark outside. And as I was walking, there was a young girl underneath a lamp for a street lamp with her school books at nine ten o'clock at night studying by herself. Right? I wanted to take that picture. And I'll show it to my kids, my grandkids, and every right, student here in America who complains, I don't want to. Um, it's like this was her opportunity to learn, and she had to go outside of her home to a street lamp so that she could read her books, right? And so what if we could provide a way for them to further their learning abilities there at the home? So some great things. Any other things that you guys would like to share? Things that you would like to tell us?
1: I, too, want to thank the Genesis community. um, I'll try and do it without getting all mushy about it. But when I go to St. Andre's, and we are a small community, and most partner schools are big schools with lots of money and lots of tuition money here in the United States, and our little community has completely transformed St. Andre's. They have a latrine, um, that is not just a horrible, awful, smelly place, but one that really uh, recycles the waste in such a way that it is not polluting the groundwater. And you all built that. Genesis built that. They have a cafeteria where the students can eat with dignity um, their meals, and they only eat three times a week. Um, you did that too. And we have a goat and garden project now in its second year that is thriving. And with the help of St. Mark's Episcopal School, you all have done that too. And um, it is just pretty incredible what our community has done. It's amazing, really. It's transformative. So thank you for that. Um,
0: Michael, anything else? Um,
2: I too really do want to thank uh, Genesis and for a reason for. You know, uh, inviting me to come and uh, financially supporting uh, the the travels and everything else while I was out there is it was, it was one of those situations where I was just kind of getting coffee, you know, after church. <laughs> and uh, Denise, you yeah, asked me if I'd want to come, and I kind of just flippantly said yes. You know,
0: <laughs> that'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and um, i mean of course i did and and who wouldn't it's it's an amazing experience but uh i a couple of, or a month later you know i was i was there and it was like wow I was just getting coffee and i said yes <laughs> <laughs> here i am covered in deet you know to fend <laughs> off mosquitoes <laughs> <laughs> uh but it, it was it was a really amazing experience and i'm so grateful you know for uh, the the, all the support that, that allows it to happen. So, thank you.
0: Well, thank you both for sharing with us. Thank you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I wanted you guys to hear again what is happening in Haiti. This is one of the things we're partnering with. And this is just an extension of what we're trying to do in all areas of our lives, right? This whole Bells thing that we're talking about, as Denise shared, this is really what they're doing. They're blessing, they're eating with, you know, of course, listening to what the Spirit is telling us to do um, for her to do. And then listening even to them and what needs to be done. Uh, I know that she has shared so many times that, you know, we have an idea. This is the way to move forward. But then we talk to people who we trust, who are there, and they say, well, no, that won't work. Um, You know, just for example, this house that burnt down that she was talking about, the answer seems like, well, they've moved into this other place, but it's not really complete, so let's just build it up. But the place they're at doesn't belong to them. And so, if we put money there and build it up, the other family who it belongs to can come in and say, okay, get out now. We put our money into someone else's house, right? Those kinds of things, which just seems crazy to us, right? It's like, what? You can just go start moving in someplace? Well, you can, but, you know, <laughs> don't. Um, those are the kinds of things that we need to hear the wisdom from those people, and that's what's taking place. And then again, all these things that she's doing, the caring for the children, the providing so that they can provide for themselves, that is all about what Jesus is. And this is all about bringing the kingdom of heaven into a reality here, right? Doing good so that the world we live in looks like the world God is making. And that's what we are talking about. That's how we are moving forward. And so what we're asking ourselves to do in this small series is to start mimicking these things and I want you to see what it looks like as it extends past our walls and into the world right and and there's so much good we can do and yeah it costs money to go to Haiti and it costs money to do these things but some of these things you can do with your neighbors you can do with the people right next door to you that might cost a few dollars to have a cup of coffee $5 if you like the nitro cold brew <laughs> but it has long lasting dividends that you will be able to enjoy and reap from and so allow your life to be reshaped allow habits to be made that change how you act and interact and live so that you can mimic what the kingdom of God is looking like and understand this, that to do that, you are going to have to entrust yourself to other people. You're going to have to involve yourself with other people. Don't hesitate, because that's what it takes. And allow this DNA model, discipleship, nurture, accountability, to help you move forward into that habit-forming, life-changing way of life. Let's pray. God, I am thankful for, again, everyone here for the generosity of this community. Lord, when it comes to Haiti and even coming to support the needs of Genesis, we are grateful. Lord, I'm thankful for Denise and Michael and them sharing with us and you using them there in Haiti and look forward to what you're going to continue to do and I I pray Lord that we are excited about what you are doing and Lord I know it it's always work there's always difficulty there it always requires that energy put into these things but Lord it is so rewarding to see how things change and can change But, Lord, first we need to change. And I pray that we would, even through these simple things that we've talked about, Lord, blessing, eating, learning, listening, and being sent, remembering, writing these things down. Father, might we be like your disciples, that you would send us out. And you would tell us, go and change this world for the good. Bring healing to those around you. And don't take anything with you. Go there and be in need. Go there with the right attitude. Go there expecting to receive from others while all along you are giving to them. Lord, may that be our posture as we move forward. We do thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May you be sent out by Jesus, to bring healing bring life and bring cleansing to the world. May you go without a belt, without shoes. May you go in need and understand that your need is your supply. God bless you guys. Have a tremendous week. We'll see you next week. See you Wednesday if you can make it. God bless you guys.